Indicting 12 Russians won't make them skip a beat, but railroading Papa John crossed the line. Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Although I have been out for a couple of weeks, I don't think I have ever taken that much time off voluntarily. But I had a unique opportunity, which is actually relevant to what's going on in the world today. I had a chance to go to the World Cup in Russia. I actually did quite a few things. Went to Europe. Um, I went to Prague, Stockholm, London, St. Petersburg, and Moscow. And I paid special attention to understanding the impressions people in those places have about what's going on in the world. And also, I pay careful attention to my impressions of Russia to see if I could understand why everybody hates them right now, (laughs) you know, or whatever. They're under attack right now. And I got some really, I think, very meaningful insights, and I would love to share them with you. Like, my impulse is to just dump it all on you right now in one, like, 10-minute monologue of... uh, everything I learned on my summer vacation, but I'm going to take it slow. I'm going to slow that down. Uh, Another thing that I um, absolutely was, so my impression of what's going on with Russia, I'll just give it to you in a nutshell, is I really, I, I was reinforced in my belief that, that Russia is a threat to the Anglo American uh, desire to be the most powerful in the world, or maybe it's oil hegemony. This expression hegemony is really important. I think it, it ba- I actually should have looked it up specifically what hegemon is, but it's basically the dominant force or the, the number one peer, you know, and, um, there isn't really a world hegemon, like someone who really controls the world, but like the U.S. is the hegemon of the West, and that's what the Monroe Doctrine really says. It's that we're the dominant power in the West. Germany should be the dominant, the hegemon of Europe. It's the natural hegemon of Europe, which always threatens England. China is maybe the natural hegemon of Asia, although Japan has tried to challenge that. But Russia could be the natural hegemon of the entire Eurasian continent just because of how the landmass and the cultures, the breadbasket, the, the resources, the energy resources. Russia has always been, or I should say, a Russian alliance with China or especially Germany has always been the biggest threat to the UK, let's say to England, to the British Empire. And a book I brought just for the purpose of kind of dovetailing with what I was looking for did an amazing job of helping me, uh, maybe it just was a confirmation bias and told me what I wanted to hear already, but what a, it was such a great book, an overview of the past century and how this, this desire to be the hegemon or to dominate the energy, uh, to control the energy of the world for geopolitical purposes is really what guided the wars. The name of the book was, is, 
uh, A Century of War, Anglo-American Oil Politics and the New World Order by William Engdahl, who I guess is kind of controversial. I don't know. This book was great. I've heard him interviewed. He seems sane to me, but it was just great. And the idea behind it was that basically English foreign policy is always designed to uh, is always focused on what England thinks is the biggest threat that um, and that the biggest threat to England is always the unification of what's called the world island, Eurasia. Zbigniew Brzezinski used to talk about that. Whoever controls the world island goes back to a guy named McKinder, a UK guy who laid this idea out over 100 years ago, I'm pretty sure. Um, so anyway, so they, they look at, they've always tried to keep Germany and Russia apart. And when I came home, so this is what how I'm approaching my trip. And then I come home and I hear Trump at NATO saying, Germany needs to stop buying gas from Russia. Like basically attacking that alliance, which is completely in line with kind of the last 100 years of history over there. And this goes with some of the stuff that we've talked about before on this show and also the podcast I do with my producer Binkley called Propaganda Report. We've talked about uh, how the English started kind of this antagonism towards Russia only a few years ago, kind of ramped it up. And we've been, we think that's the origin of, uh, of all this hostility. So this week when they said, uh, when Mueller indicted 12 Russians uh, for trying to interfere in our elections. I just, I don't buy it, not only because they're not really bringing out any evidence, but because I don't think they would do that. If you hear what Trump said, uh, it's very similar to what Hillary said in 2014 after MH17 went down over Ukraine. She said, first thing Europe has to do is stop buying gas from Russia. Like, it just didn't even see, it was like a non-sequitur, but... Their goal is to keep Germany and Russia separate, to keep Russia from having energy power. I believe that's where the Ukrainian conflict is coming from and the Syrian conflict as the kind of gateways from Eastern gas into Europe or gas controlled by Russia or influenced by Russia. So it's this big geopolitical battle. It could be about countries. It could be about oil. I don't know. But when I was in Russia and I saw, and I'd been there 10 years before, when I saw how fast they were growing... Um, and how westernized they were becoming, how commercial. It actually was kind of sad in a way because they were just turning into Europe. But you could see that at that pace, they could really be uh, uh, beginning to pose a burgeoning threat to maybe the, the UK world order, the way we look at China as a big threat to us. I think maybe Russia is the really big threat because they could they have natural cultural ability to kind of join forces with Germany and Europe. And that's where I think that's all coming from. So that was a lot. I'm absolutely happy to peel the onion on that or clarify or be corrected. If you think that that's, um, I'm missing something Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred wsb talk. Uh, I also found that there were, ridiculous misconceptions about Americans. There always are. And it's usually the same two, but there was a third one added. And uh, I'm going to, I want to talk about that. But first, uh, I want to say hi to Binkley. How are you doing, Binkley? I'm just glad you're back from your Russian trip. <laughs> you safely. thought you were, you worried? I, I thought you were going to get recruited by the KGB. 
No, I, I do. I was I was confused at how I would be received. And when I, I got a um, tour guide in St. Petersburg, because I took my son, who's 12 and just loves Russia, and uh, I was talking to her. The first thing I said to her was like, what's going on? Like, what's going on in the world? Why why are we in such conflict with Russia? And she was like, I don't know. And they're always, I always think they're so savvy. You know, they grew up behind the Iron Curtain. And they don't believe any media, whatever. But... But in the end, the propaganda just busts through so hard. She was just like, well, Michael Moore exposes like how oh awful gosh. your country is. I'm like, oh, my she gosh. She brought up Michael Moore? She brought up Michael Moore. Oh, my god. She brought up Michael Moore. And, uh, and I was like, well, he's just a propagandist. She's like, why would he do that? Why would he benefit? I'm like, really? You he's can't... a known propagandist. Yes. Who knows how he's benefiting specifically? Could be just an ideologue. He certainly got rich off it, off of tapping into people's emotions. He's trying to cause a civil war right now to promote his movie that's coming out in two months. Oh, what's the movie? Fahrenheit 11.9. The day Trump, it was announced. Whoa. Oh, I didn't even know, realize there was like n- numerical... And he's Symmetry. basically telling people that they have to, he said, put their bodies on the line. And he's making it sound urgent. And then he's saying, I have the answer, and I'll tell you in two months if you come see my movie. Well, then there you go. So, And, of course, people lap that stuff up. I'm actually trying to get better at not – it's like clickbait. You know, you just want the stuff that's, like, bad or gripping is the stuff that gets you engaged. I just – I'm trying to avoid that, but – there, I want to talk about this. One of the things that she said is is like um, a Michael Moore thing. She, one of the things this gal said was how outrageous it was, and I think she got this from Michael Moore, that we don't have one person, one vote here. So she was like, how can that be? It just doesn't make sense. I said, well, you know, we are historically, like the Constitution was written for these sovereign states to have the superiority over this federal government. And she was just, could not conceive of what I was saying. She's like, it's just wrong that your votes don't count. It's <laughs> like, okay, but, you know, and actually I wouldn't even care. I know uh, Michael Moore like wants to end the electoral college or something like that. And um, I wouldn't even care if they, if we maintained the constitution in every other way, like the separation of powers and the 10th Amendment and all the amendments, I wouldn't even care because the executive branch shouldn't be as powerful as it is. But it is quite powerful. And But it was hard for me to explain to her, you know, to try to get through that. And, and I, started, I started to lose hope that, that anybody is immune from propaganda, even worldwide propaganda. You know, we can, we can reach people in the furthest reaches of the world at this point. In an instant, you can whisper in the ear of the world... Yes, but she was worried. This is what I was going to say. She was worried about me. Like, I was talking to her, and she was like, why do you have such... I said, I was telling her what people in the U.S. think, and I don't think that. She's like, well, why do you have a different view? I was like, I don't know. I try to think hard. I have a radio show, and I got to, you know, kind of try to dig a little deeper and add some value and some insight. And she was like, aren't you worried about your safety? I was like, no, but maybe... <laughs> Maybe that was her perspective, or maybe she had a point. But um, I did try to not make big waves. I didn't take any cards with me that are little cards that say, you know, the Propaganda Report or Monica Perez Show. Like, I just did not want to be at the airport. Like, what is this? 
what is this? You're a propagandist? <laughs> Never mind. So uh, I want to talk about some of the misconceptions they had. You're going to like this. And you, I know you have lots of stuff about uh, the Papa John's thing, which you have really outraged me. I don't normally get outraged. That was outrageous. I want to do that at the four o'clock hour. But right after the break, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the crazy things people think about Americans. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I can't hear that. So we Binkley found for us a clip of Michael Moore calling for an end to the Electoral College. Do we have that clip? Yes, we do. Let's hear it. I can't hear it. Let's try it now. The country we live in doesn't want the Republicans in the White House. They don't want them running this country. We're the majority. We're the majority. And I don't know, on that positive note. Electoral college. Electoral college. Electoral college. Get rid of it. Get rid of it, Democrats. So this, this, I found, I should say this, it was resonating when I was in Russia. This chick was saying, it's crazy that you don't, elect your president by majority and i still maintain that you don't really know what the majority is because nobody in a red state or blue state votes for the minority party so only purple states are you really going to have a robust measure of what the popular vote would have looked like you know what i'm saying you just stay home in texas i never i rarely voted because you just knew who was going to win. It didn't matter whether you were for it or against it. You knew who was going to win. But I would also, I I just don't think, um, it, you know, you also, you have to understand that when you get to a point where half the people work for the government or are on the dole, like oh, I think Obamacare put us over the edge where 51% of the people or more would be dependent on the government for their livelihoods then you're going to get people voting for bigger government. I mean, you're just paying them to do it. And, uh, you know, that you have to, it's just not, I, I would like to talk a little bit more about these fundamental ideals of what government is for and what just government is about. And I think the European style, which is what people like Michael Moore are moving us forward towards, backwards towards, isn't appropriate for us because we don't have that history of land appropriation by the moneyed classes. So I want to talk a little bit about that if that's not getting even deeper. After the break, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wait a minute. This is the future. We're all the phase of guns. On News 95.5 at AM 750, <laughs> WSB. Should I admit that Demolition Man is like one of my favorite movies of all time? Best movie of all time. <laughs> I just love that movie. I love Terminator movies. Very strange. I have strange taste in movies. Uh, and then the books I read are just like my husband's like, I can't even read the title. Like, how are you on page 300? Weird economics book. <laughs> no, well, for a while there, I was just reading like the super, what I call deep history stuff. You know, then it started getting kind of a cult and I just... 
it's irrelevant to me. It's like the alien stuff. It may be true. I have no idea, but it's totally irrelevant to me because we just, I always come back to the same thing. We just need to return to principles. Principles, I mean, as basic as don't kill and don't steal. And then actually over the years of doing the show, before when I first started the show, I had gotten to the point where I gave up completely on the American experiments, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, didn't care at all. And over the years, I have come to believe that there is real power in defining a universal set of principles that we all recognize as true and good and can rally around. And I think it's very hard for them to tear that down. And it's our only protections against total tyranny is the Bill of Rights. I really think that, I, maybe I'm wrong, but but what I was saying right before the break <clears throat> and I I don't want to go on and on. I just want to clarify um, that the European system was... The, I believe that socialism arose as a response to the fact that basically all the land was already bought up over there. And not bought up. Appropriated by, like, during the feudal days. If you go into London, I've seen this numerous times, and I've read, it's like a, the norm is to have 99-year leases. So you see entire squares and buildings worth tens of millions of dollars, pounds, whatever, owned by like some duke whose family's been around for hundreds of years and they just sell these 99-year leases and and then the property reverts back to their grandchildren or whatever. And so they have this impossible situation where you really can never break into the landed class or the money class or whatever. And there's no way to kind of right the wrong of where the original property rights came from. So your only hope is to have them give some money away. Like they even ran the government, right? Cause it was aristocracy through socialism. It's like your only hope. Whereas here, just competition, like in the 19th century and stuff, just competition, free trade, free you know entrepreneurship, free markets, really drove productivity and wealth and equality because you would, so that's why John D. Rockefeller said competition is a sin because competition is what would keep a guy like him from getting that kind of money and power. And it's what, it really creates a more equal society, really robust middle class of merchants and craftsmen and stuff like that. So to impose this European-style socialism on us is not natural. And that's why I feel like they had to put the cart before the horse and get everybody on welfare, even if they didn't need it. And there, there's stuff from the 60s talking about how they are going to deliberately break up communities. And uh, like, for example, inner-city communities, minority communities, African-American communities started, they had in the 60s, like, very low divorce rate and then welfare was deliberately implemented to break up those societies and get people dependent and uh and then now they want to bring this socialism i'm just saying i'm just following up on like michael moore's rabid saying that you know we don't want republicans we want basically socialism but it's a function of having it having become dependent on it i think if that's true which i don't stipulate Breaking up the families is straight out of the out of the communist manifesto. That's I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about something else that I have deduced is also straight out of the communist manifesto. But I want to go to Linda in Kennesaw first, if we have a second. Hey, uh, hi, Linda, you're on with Monica. I can't hear you, Linda. 
Why can't I hear you? Oh, because I'm in my car. All right, I got you. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay. Yeah, Michael Moore is an idiot, first of all. Uh, number <laughs> two, uh, this country was built on people that ran away from tyranny. It was built on people that ran away from socialism and communism because we have all the freedoms. I'm an immigrant. I came here at the age of 16 to go to college. And I came legally, by the way. And uh, one of the most beautiful things about us here in the U.S. is that uh, we have the freedom. We have the freedom to work, make all the money that we want. In Greece, where I was raised, uh, I did go to an American school, but I was raised there. Uh, you would not want to go to a, a clinic or a government hospital because you would die. You will never get out. Uh, people that live overseas and come to live here in the U.S., they appreciate the U.S. And fortunately... Um, the majority of the public, they worry about what the Kardashians are wearing instead of reading the Constitution, instead of understanding what a valuable freedom of choice we have. And, and getting rid of the state's rights, that's heading straight to tyranny, heading straight to socialism, communism, and, of course, it will be tyranny. We would be no different than Iraq having a dictator that buys all the votes. Or, uh, I, I want to ask you, Linda, something. Yeah. Two uh, things I want to ask you. One, I want you to uh, give me one more sentence on why you think getting rid of states' rights would lead to tyranny. I want you to expand on that, and then I have one more question after that. Well, that's because we'll all be under one federal government, and the government's going to dictate to all of us uh, what to eat and what to wear, and we would not have a choice to say no. We don't want to implement, for example... Uh, you know, like Medicaid. Right now, in the state of Georgia, Medicaid is very regulated. It's not the same as what they have in California. And that's why California is going bankrupt and Georgia is not. So, so you're going to have a federal government that tells you who to give money to and who not to. Uh, the government is going to tell you what to wear, what to eat, and how much to charge for food and milk and all of that. Yeah, I agree. And I think one big problem is if they, when they, they really are in a push, I don't know if you can tell, see it as I see it, but to get the the policing on the federal level. So I really like the fact that if they try to pull their nonsense or use political power to railroad people on the local level, you still have local police and others that are not in that system where I feel like if it's just one big government machine, you as an individual are vulnerable to injustice. But I have one more question for you. You said sure. you wouldn't want to go to a clinic there or all that stuff. And I've seen it myself. I actually um, did some business with a, a health care facility in England a long time ago, and I was kind of shocked. And um, But one preconception I have heard all around the world, every place I have ever traveled to this day is that people in the United States are getting shot to death all the time or shot by guns and they're dying in the gutters because they don't have universal health care. That is like a, you will say that to any, sounds like a ridiculous thing. Anyone I say that to people are like, really? You don't like everyone gets shot all the time and nobody gets medical care. That's really what they believe. Do you find if you still keep in touch with people from uh, Greece, that they have this misconception about our health care, especially, and also gun violence? Uh, they don't like their own health care over there. I mean, my I have a lot of friends over there, and uh, especially like me when I was in high school, 
I had food poisoning. My parents took me to a private clinic where the doctor and his nurse took care of me for three days because they refused to take me to a government hospital because they all laugh at their own government hospitals. They, they, they don't like it. Do they because know that our them. system works? Yes, they do, because mm-hmm. guess what? Because they came here and they've seen it and they went back yeah. home. Uh, yes. People that travel and see what's going on, uh, people that are educated, yes. um, they know the difference. They know what's going on. You know, that's on. a good point, because I I base basically everything on my conversations with Uber drivers and cab drivers and tour guides and um, and. And I will say, like most recently, when I was over there, I asked that question about uh, health care to an English guy. And he said, well, I always thought that, but I took my first trip to America last year and I couldn't believe how great it was. And I thought... I have relatives, I have yeah. relatives in Canada and uh, one of the aunts needed an MRI and because she was 72 years old, she had to wait 10 months. For her MRI, guess what? Her son sent her here to the U.S. Yeah. She did her MRI, took it with her, and went back. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with the socialism and the totalitarianism and the and putting all the power at the top. You are not going to have choices anymore. That's why communism... Uh, I'm going to let you go, Linda. Thank you so, so much for the call. Um, but, Binkley, we were talking about communism... Uh, that's why communism was an international concept because what they could not have was choice or people escaping. I read an article about, um, now Silicon Valley is pushing this, but a lot of people at the top are pushing this, this idea of universal basic income. And they're doing it in this little town, Stockton in California, that has um, really got hit hard by the financial crisis and all that. And what, how they're doing, they're giving all like a thousand poor people check every month. But it's being financed by some Silicon Valley guy, Facebooker. But my, my argument is, okay, once that guy goes away and they need other people in Stockton to pay this, how are they going to keep the middle class Stockton people in Stockton to pay off the lower class Stockton people? They're going to have to build a wall. You know, to keep those people in, they're going to have to get IDs from the poor people to make sure that they're from Stockton. Right. That's not really going to work. So what do you have to do? You have to make sure all the borders, all the borderlands have the same policies. It was like with the no smoking. When they first implemented a county by county in California, all the restaurants suffered in the counties that had the no smoking policy because people would just go to the next county over and, and go to restaurants where they could smoke. And that was the argument, if I recall correctly, for California as a state to pass that law. Because at the local level, you can't have these restrictive, totalitarian, communist, slave-driving laws at a local level if people get to escape. And these countries did not let people escape. Because I was just behind the Iron Curtain or the former Iron Curtain. They were not allowed to leave before. That is a principle of communism, let no one escape. Right, and that's why communism was international, whereas national socialism, which comes with all this other baggage, I'm not like advocating that, but I'm just saying that's what was the name of it, and fascism, it, it wasn't about... See, that's why like the right in Europe was never about what the right in America was about. We were traditional conservatives who, our conservatives, our historical values were liberty oriented. 
in Europe, it was right versus left, but it was always about taking stuff from, you know, trying to get stuff back from the people who stole it from you or exploited you or whatever for hundreds of years. It's a totally different dynamic. But really, the main difference from what I can tell between, well, I mean, this the fascism was talking about corporate profits still being used to motivate the private actor, which I guess is where China kind of is right now. But the main difference was that it was national versus international. And I guess that's why they had to have let people get some of the profits so they wouldn't leave. Because if you're just going to have national, that means you're not making the whole world do it. And you can't just build a wall. You know what I'm saying? Is Everybody's that too complicated? not suffering equally. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I really don't want to get into the merits and demerits of fascism versus communism. I would really like to champion the historical American experiment of liberty and free markets, because I think that's the that's the the sweet spot. That's the morally correct and economically correct position. But I want to talk one more thing about the a communist principle as it applies to Papa John. We'll get to that at the top of the hour. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 <laughs> at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. I want to, uh, at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock hour, I, I don't know how much repress this Papa John's thing is getting, but Binkley, my producer here, has really uh, proven to me that that guy was absolutely set up, tricked, railroaded. He, uh, it's just really outrageous. I've got some insights into this as as an explanation for a lot of stuff that's going on right now. With the identity politics, but I think it's worth taking some time and letting Binkley lay out for us what really went on there. Uh, I also wouldn't mind getting some tweets if we have any, or if you want to tweet me now at Monica Perez Show, and um, and also if if you want to call, if you if you think I'm leaving any out, but when I I was just traveling a lot in Europe and I noticed this. I, I, this, I noticed this also when I traveled in Australia. They had the exact same misconceptions about America. Definitely propaganda-driven. There were two. One was always, like, you don't have universal health care. People literally die in the gutter right outside of a hospital because they get kicked out and they can't even, like, make it home. And they just literally get turned away. People think that 100%, and it's just not true. And they don't understand Medicare and Medicaid. I'm like, look, we have the safety net for people who are needy. It's just the middle class who's like, you know, forced into Obamacare. They don't understand that. This other chick was saying the electoral college means that we don't have one person, one vote. But I got a new one this time. Waitresses make $2 an hour because they can't count on tips. And as a longtime waitress, I can tell you right now, never once did I go home with $2 an hour. Uh, but if you know of any other misconceptions you think I'm missing, I'd love to hear it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or call or tweet at me about anything at Monica Perez Show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.